to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Yes, everybody, this is real life. After one full year off, it was July 1st of 2021 was our last episode of the Overcoming Adversity podcast. We are back one year later to start producing some more content for you. Oh my goodness, a whole year? What were we doing? Were we under a rock? I have no idea. I don't know what was wrong with us, but it just shows you how busy our lives have been and how, how much we have to be grateful for uh, and how much adversity we've had to try to overcome over the last year. Yes, yes. By the way, I'm Amanda Marino, co-host of Overcoming Adversity podcast. And I am the other guy, Blake Cohen. And we are grateful to be back. It's been a, it's been a while. We've missed it. Uh, the last episode constantly pops up in my car when I hop in the car and my podcasts automatically turn on. It's always oh, the last episode. So this is episode number 34 of the Overcoming podcast. And like 34. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, uh, it's a very attractive number. It's the year, the, how old I was last year. So just for <laughs> how old I was, you know, a few years ago. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, we do have a really good guest this time and somebody who's close to us. And it's not just going to be Amanda and I talking. We, we do have a guest for this episode and it's- What's wrong with us talking? We're great. I know, but it's been a while and I don't know if people are expecting us to, to catch them up on what's been going on or they, they wanna hear from a guest. So I, I don't know. Well, I love having us on here and I love having a guest. I'm very excited about this today. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Yes, our guest is Sarah. Sarah is a dear friend. Um, she also works with us at Next Level. She is a, a powerful example, of a mom in, in recovery. Um, Sarah is someone who puts her heart into everything and you know gives, it, gives everything her 110%. And you just see it in all areas of her life. They're just flourishing. And I'm just so proud of you, Sarah, um, seeing just where you were your journey has brought you and the person that you are. So we're really happy to have you on today. Thank you. I think that was the nicest <laughs> introduction everybody, anybody's ever said about me. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you deserve it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm super excited. This is my first podcast too. So no way. Um, is it really? Yeah, oh, I've cool. never done one. I listen to them all the time, but I've never been involved in one. So, you know, slightly nervous, just FYI. <laughs> has, there, has there ever been anything where you were like, if I was going to be a guest on a podcast, I would want to do this or I would do fill in the blank better? No, I feel like, it, you know, I'm such like a overthinker and anxiety that like, if I probably started thinking about that, I probably would have anxiety. <laughs> Talk yourself out of it. I'll never do Absolutely. that. I'll never ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And then boom, we hit you. Hey, Sarah, we want you to be a guest though on our relaunch of our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that it's been a year and, you know, where I was, you know, with you guys 
a year ago versus now is, I mean, a big change and super exciting. So I, I love being a part of anything that you guys are involved in, honestly. Thank you. Well, just yes. so everybody knows this podcast is sponsored by our organization, Next Level Recovery Associates, uh, to which Amanda and I are both the co-founders of, and Sarah is our family support specialist. So she gets to work hands-on with any of the families that are reaching out to us. She's, she's integral in coordinating uh, events for us, making sure that everything goes smoothly when we are working with families and working with other professionals in this field. So we, we do appreciate it. If you guys want to check us out, it's www.nextlevelra.com, ra.com. Yeah, I literally don't know what we did before Sarah. Like, how did we function? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So Sarah, we're, our podcast is called Overcoming Adversity. And we, we chatted a little bit about that before um, hopping on. So, you know, let's, let's like dig into, you know, your story and like what you've been through and your adversity and, and how you've overcome and, and who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking before, you know, about what I've overcome and there's so many different aspects. I feel like just like anybody in life. Um, but I feel like the main one that, you know, makes me who I am today is really, you know, overcoming and continuously working on my sobriety. And, um, I really, I had a lot of substance and alcohol issues when I was in high school and they continued to manufacture, manifest, excuse me, and, um, you know, just get bigger and bigger. Um, you know, my parents are like the sweetest people ever. Um, they don't drink or anything like that. So they didn't really know what to do with me. Um, so wow. I started, I started doing a national kind of tour, um, where, you know, they would just put me in places. They Googled even like least amount of drugs and alcohol, uh, what States those were. And then they would put me in those States and, uh, oh, wow. you know, yeah. So wow. eventually I, I landed down in South Florida. Um, and you know, I really, it, 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 it wasn't the first time obviously that I tried to do it. And I don't think that I really wanted to, um, I didn't have like an identity. I feel like, um, that was my identity and I was okay with it at the time. Um, you know, I, I luckily was a nurse through all this. Um, you know, I couldn't hold a job, but, uh, you know, I never, well, how did, you know, yeah. How did you become a nurse with, while dealing with addiction? Like walk me through that. Cause that isn't something that I have experienced and I couldn't do anything. So how did you manage to like <laughs> do that? Yeah. That's not an easy yeah. feat to become a nurse. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, um, I started nursing school and that's when, um, painkillers had first kind of started coming around. Hmm. Uh, so I wasn't like fully, fully involved and, um, you know, I could, I don't want to say function, but I, I made it work. Um, and you know, I, I don't like to be a failure, um, in people's eyes. So I made sure to make it work at that time. Um, and it, it wasn't really progressive until after I graduated and I was, mm. I, you know, I didn't know anything about addiction and I, I started getting sick at work. So, um, that's where I started, you know, going in and out of treatment and, um, you know, those type of things. And I do have my LPN and, you know, I, I say sadly, and hopefully I'll be able to get my RN, but I was actually in RN school in 
like the end of my addiction and I, I couldn't manage um, at, at that point. It just was too much and I, I wasn't able to maintain um, any sort of lifestyle, you know, um, except for that one aspect, which was, you know, um, you know, doing drugs and stuff like that. So I had to um, opt out of it. So when you were just, sorry, when you were working in the hospital and you said you were like, you were, when you were working in the hospital and you were sick, like, and you said you didn't know about addiction, were you aware that like things were getting progressively worse with you and you were kind of like losing touch with yourself or, or did it just happen and hit you? Yeah. I mean, I started noticing that like I was getting sick, um, and I, you know, would call out of work a lot. Um, you know, I tried different alternative methods before work. Um, and then it just, you know, I was making good money and I wasn't, ha- I, I didn't have any money, you know, where then I started to unfortunately have to, you know, do like take things from my parents where I feel like, and I always say this, like I took as m- my mom's jewelry and I feel like sh- I did it on purpose. So she'd notice, you know? Like that, you're I reaching for help. help. Yeah, yeah, you're reaching out for help. Like, obviously, she was going to notice her jewelry was missing, and I think that's where it it kind of like I was like I, she called me and she came over, and I already knew, you know, like, right. um, yeah. So it was just, uh, uh, you know, I'm I have to say I'm so grateful that you know I, I know so many nurses that you know have gotten in trouble and lost their nursing license and all that, and I'm just really grateful that that never happened to me because that's such another hurdle and another aspect of, you know, getting sober that I would have had to conquer. There's like so many different things that are coming to mind and I'm trying to like get focused on what I even want to ask you without taking too much time up. But so I guess the one piece that really comes to mind is uh, as a nurse, maybe this is where my mind goes because of my history with addiction and opiates and I really related to one of the things you said, by the way, of that, that I had no identity. And that was the biggest thing I've always told people is that I always felt identityless. So when I found drugs and alcohol, it gave me a sense of purpose in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But working in the medical field, the way that my mind works, and I'm assuming because of my history, uh, is, okay, so jackpot, I'm working in the hospital right now. So was there opportunity or temptation while you were working in the hospital to, to support and feed your addiction? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's things that like I I did do, um, that I definitely, you know, regret, um, to a certain extent. Um, you know, I'm grateful that I never hurt anybody. Um, but I also, you know, when you're sick, you, you do what you, you have to do, you know? And my whole thing was like, I'm a better nurse when I'm doing drugs and because nursing was my only identity. And then the addiction was that like, I had to combine them both to fully function, if that makes sense. Um, And that's what kept me going for so long. Like I, my disease told me that I would not be a good nurse. I would not be a good friend, you know, all that stuff. If I, if I didn't keep doing drugs. Um, I remember specifically someone told me one day after I had, you know, um, done pills, they, they said, you were so much fun last night, you know, and I know that's a off topic of being a nurse, but I use that for years. Like, I'm like, they oh, yeah. thought I was more fun when I was on You're pills. No, they didn't. Yeah. Right. And I, they didn't know <laughs> I was on pills. Um, but like, yeah. I ran with that forever. Like, that was my thing. Like, I 
my identity was those two things. Other than that, I was nobody. I can totally relate to that of just like convincing yourself in your addiction that like, oh, I'm a better dancer. Oh, I'm cooler. Oh, I'm, I'm more laid back. Oh, I'm more fun. Like all of these BS things that like I convinced myself because of like maybe the one time that I was for a second. But what about all those other times I was a complete asshole? You know, absolutely. (laughs) Just totally being validated. Like someone just gave you exactly what you needed in that moment of like, oh, wait, I can keep going. This isn't as bad as I thought it was. I'm making other people happy. I'm pleasing other people. I'm going to keep going. And she has, yeah. And she has no idea that she affected me that bad by saying that, like, you know, like she probably doesn't even know she said it, you know, but to me it was everything, you know? Wow. That's well, yeah. she probably doesn't even know you were high, right? <laughs> well, she does now, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, does now. Okay. Yeah. But maybe yeah. not in that moment, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, it's just crazy what our addiction will latch onto and just run away with, you know? What's, yeah. What's, what's her name? I want to kind of shout her out and really put her out there and blame her for your addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give you a word. No, you know? no. Most people just t- say like, you know, it, it wasn't about anybody else. It was about how I was feeling inside. But in this case, it's this girl's fault. Yeah, exactly. No, Absolutely. no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So oh, Lord, you, it's amazing how you, you didn't want to ask for help. And I think that that's relatable for all of us, but we, we sort of ask for help in other ways of where we, we start getting careless, knowing that we're most likely going to get caught, but God forbid we actually say, Hey, I need help. I'm struggling. This is what I'm struggling with. So what, what happened as a result of that? I know you mentioned that you've been to a bunch of treatment centers and all over the country. What was the point when you're down here in South Florida like, what was that first moment of, okay, this is hard, but I, I think I like this. Yeah. You know, I, I think, so when I got sober here in Florida, um, I did have about nine months, which was like an amazing time. Um, and then I ended up um, relapsing and um, I went on, you know, I got, long story short is, um I, I just, it was the worst time of my life, you know, like I just remember crying and, um, wishing, you know, that I wasn't alive anymore, you know? And, um, I got caught. I think I get, I think getting caught is like my thing, but I get, I got caught by my roommate who was actually five years sober and, um, she brought me to treatment and, um, you know, I think that, so, I ended up having, and I know Amanda knows this, but, um, I had really bad infections in both my legs where I just didn't care. Um, and they had told me I had to go to the hospital and they told me that my legs were going to get cut off. Um, and I didn't care like that's, and I think for me, that was like just the moment of like clarity. Like I didn't care that both of my legs were going to be cut off, you know? Um, Yeah. So, and this was the shortest amount of time I had in treatment. Um, I only got covered for 15 days and I just had decided like, this is it. Like I, you know, I'm just, it's either this or I'm not going to make it, you know? And, um, yeah, you're ready. I was ready. And I just remember the feeling of, you know, how I felt without any substances in my body and how great it was, you know, and how many friends I made. I never had friends before. And, you know, just that, that overwhelming feeling of just honestly, gratitude, I think was really what pushed me through those 15 days and just pushed me to continue on because I mean, I could have been that person that 
is missing a leg in a meeting, you know? Um, yeah, totally. Thank God. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you know, with all the people that, that come and go, you know, especially down here and where we live in recovery, like you've stuck and stayed and you've, you've really changed your life and, and gone really ran with recovery as far as I can see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I knew what I needed to do luckily because I had heard it all. And I think this was the first time where I was like, I really don't know anything, which I know is a very cliche thing to say, but like, I really needed to realize like, just because I've been to a, you know, certain amount of treatment centers, I don't know anything. Cause obviously it hadn't worked before. And, um, you know, I, I picked, you know, certain people to surround myself with, um, that were like doing it and not just, you know, identical to where I'm at with my sobriety. Um, you know, I wanted to grow and, you know, be, you know, uh, a citizen and, you know, a mom and, you know, a friend and all those things and a family member. And it just, it wasn't worth it for me anymore. Yeah. And you do it, you know, your, your little baby Bryce is so beautiful. I'm obsessed with him, maybe in it like almost unhealthy way. <laughs> <laughs> so how has that journey been now? Like, you know, taking care of another person and, and, you know, what has that been like for you being a mom in recovery? And what's harder being a mother or overcoming an addiction? That's a good question. Um, Thanks. You know, I have to say short term, obviously, is, you know, no, I, you know, overcoming addiction, it has so many different layers to it. It's not just, you know, stopping the, you know, the substances. Um, but I have to say, you know, there's, there's joys of my mother, the motherhood, and it hasn't been easy with him by any means. He's had some allergies and a lot of things going on. And, um, you know, I just, I just have to remember and I guess I kind of did this you know overcoming like a lot of adversities is like everything's only temporary you know um things get better and um it's definitely been a struggle with because you know it was COVID we were isolated you know and then I got pregnant so I was scared to go out um I didn't get to really you know go to meetings or anything like that because I didn't want to catch COVID being pregnant and get to the gym which is my therapy um and then I had him, you know, and then he was, you know, sick a little bit. And uh, so I, I have to say it's been an isolating uh, time in my life. Um, but I've been able to learn to be, you know, by myself, obviously with my son, but I, I've been able to know like when I need my own time. And, you know, even if it's like today, taking a shower and listening to music, like I knew that yeah. that is a tool for me to do that self care that I wasn't that I'm not able to do my normal things currently, you know, um, like go Absolutely. to an outside meeting or go to the gym because my family lives so far away, you know? Yeah, no. And with respect to like, that is a good question, but as a woman and as a mom, they're like, it's a comparing completely different things. So like one, you know, addiction had no, it, it did have its ups and downs, but it was mostly brutal, right? Trying to get clean. And then with, with motherhood, you have, so much joy and so many challenges that people don't talk about, especially as a mom in recovery, because we have to navigate so much more. And like, you know, the, so there's so much joy in it, but it's so hard. And I don't think that people are honest enough with pregnant women, like, or women before they're pregnant, like, Hey, this isn't going to be easy. Nobody told me I was completely shocked with how hard it was. I'm like, why do these people make this look so easy? 
it's hard. Yeah. I, you know, I almost had like a, I mean, honestly, a little mental breakdown at one point, um, because he wasn't gaining weight and he was super sick. And then I was losing so much weight. Um, and he just, nothing was working. And, you know, thank God for my mom. Like she came down to help me and my fiance is great where he helped me, but I mean, it was definitely a difficult time, um, mentally for me and physically. I mean, I lost, I think like 20 pounds trying to maintain a diet for him. Um, that didn't work. And I think that's the first time in my life where I didn't like cut corners besides like getting into recovery. Like, you know, I was like really trying to do it and it like wasn't working and it, I felt mm, like fail. Powerless. I felt like failure. Yeah. It was, it was, um, a hard time. Definitely. That, uh, that's where my, my question is sort of based in respect for, for mothers and for parents in general, going through what you go through. Cause you're, you aren't warned of how difficult it is. And we all know that parenting is the hardest job in the world. Everybody says that, but, but what does that actually mean? And being in the thick of it is so difficult. And I only know one side of that. I only know overcoming the addiction piece. Um, and yeah. I know how difficult that is, but I know that motherhood is a, is a great challenge. Uh, and similar to overcoming addiction at the same time, there's also this giant reward that comes from it as well. But I guess- yeah more rewards are more like dispersed throughout the moments of difficulty when, when you're raising a child. So I just, I have a, a ton of respect for, for parents and the difficulties that you guys face. Sarah, do you think you were prepared like for what it was going to be really like? Like, I feel like I was so not prepared. Like no one yeah. was real with me. Like nobody, nobody like told me like, this is what you got. You know, I think maybe even if they did, I, maybe you wouldn't be ready for it, but it's just so, it's the best thing in the world, but it really is so hard, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, people always say like, Oh, get your sleep now. Cause you're not going to be able to sleep when the baby's born. And like, I'm like, yeah, haha, but like, that's so true. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. that you just, you know, you're, you have to make yourself a priority, but your kids also your, your main priority, like before you, um, you know, and I think that I, I know I shared this the other day, but like I had a day the other day where I was just like, all I wanted to do is just get up and go to the gym, you know? And that was it. And I couldn't do that obviously because I have a uh, nine month old, you know? And it was just mm. like, um, definitely hard to, you know, I have to say my whole life I've been, I don't want to say a selfish person, but I've always, you know, put myself first in good ways and bad ways. And right. now it's, mm -hmm. I have someone else that I have to, before me, you know, and um, yeah, it can be, it can be tough, you know, but I mean, luckily I've been able to do like zoom meetings, um, which have been like a huge benefit and honestly, just like helping other people, um, you know, personally and, um, you know, professionally has definitely been um, helpful. Awesome. Yeah. So now that you're in this situation, you could sort of look back in retrospect. It, what do you think it is for you outside of, of Bryce, obviously, what is it for you that, that motivates you to continue to overcome this adversity and to want to stick with bettering yourself? Uh, what is your why? Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, besides Bryce, obviously, um, you know, for myself, I feel like, and I say this a lot is because we talked about like not having that identity before, like once I started to develop who I was as a person and what I liked and where I wanted to go with my life, that going back to where I was, wasn't an option. 
Um, and I just feel like there's so many things of who, now that I have like an identity that I enjoy, I'm not risking it, if that makes sense. Um, and it, it came over time. Like, you know, when I first got sober, I didn't know who I was. I just knew that I was going to meetings and, you know, you know, staying sober for that day. Um, but as time went by, like I developed like my own personality and my own ideas and thoughts and, um, you know, goals, I, love that. I feel like are huge. And I just, I, like I said, I just, it's not something that I'm willing to risk now. Um, you know, and not even like materialistic stuff, like having your, you know, stuff with your name on it and bank accounts and all that is great, but it's like where I'm at, like school and work and family and all that. It's just who you are. You've developed who you are. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big aspect of where people struggle is knowing what, who they are, what they like to do, you know, and a lot of people start so young that they have no idea. I mean, some people can't even wash their own clothes, you know, and that's oh, yeah. the True. whole thing True. of like figuring that stuff out. And, um, you know, I went through steps and all that stuff and, you know, but I figured out like, I like going to the gym. Like that's my therapy. I love listening to music, you know, in my downtime, or I like watching comedies when I'm sad. Cause that makes me, you know, happy, you know, those type of things even is important for me. Knowing who you are is huge. Yeah. yeah the identity, like the, the grounding in who we are. Amanda, I don't think I've ever asked you, like what is your, and, and removing kids out of the equation, what is your why uh, in terms huh. of like maintaining? Cause you're what, 15 years now? I'm, well, fear of mental instability is always, you know, like having had stints mm-hmm. in, you know, in psychiatric hospitals and stuff like that, like battle, the fear of that. Um, the freedom, like the fact that I have so much freedom of choice today. Um, I've had freedom taken away from me. I've, I've given away my own freedom, like freedom, inner peace. I mean, number one, like the first comes to my head is always my kids, right? Um, you know, American Scarlet are my world. But, you know, when it comes to internal things, like loss of spiritual connection, um, fear of, you know, being mentally unstable, the gift of freedom and choice um, and peace. You know, those are my number one whys. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, I love that freedom aspect, honestly, because uh, it's so true. I mean, I wasn't able to go anywhere, you know, like freedom, obviously for yourself, but I mean, you're just, you're just there, you know, when you're, when you're going through it and you're able to go to different places now and just not feel tied down you know you're able totally. to do whatever you want to do yeah the world is really our we, our oyster we can really do anything like I can wake up every single day and do whatever I choose to do like what a gift yeah. that is right absolutely um I can go anywhere in, in the world I want to go I can do anything you know it's it's just amazing what is you know out there for us when we're mentally stable and sober and healthy and doing the next right thing you know yeah absolutely I, I love too that you're sort of driven by like partially healthy fear and partially by the freedom aspect and, and everything else that that's recovery gives us. It's kind of cool. What about you, Colin? What's your why besides Chrissy and Boone? What's <laughs> <laughs> funny is I asked you guys that and I don't think I had an answer <laughs> prepared. Well, I didn't uh, have a prepared one. I just went with my heart. No, no, I know. It, it's, I guess I'm realizing now and, answering that it's sort of a difficult question because you 
I don't know. It's just, there's so much good now that I just sort of don't see the point in going back the other way that my life is so drastically different. And everything that I have in my life is completely dependent on my sobriety. And I would all be taken away from me, everything I have. And I'm not talking about material stuff, like just the people in my life, the business, the creativity, the, the passion for living most days. And it would just all be gone. I think if something happened Mm -hmm. like in an instant, I mean, I know how I am and I've, I want to believe, you know, I think this is part of like the substance use disorder mind that like, I want to believe that if I were to use again, I'd be able to handle it. But I think the reality is there's also that healthy fear for me knowing that not the way that I use and that I used in the past. And perhaps I've recovered and I'm in a much better place, but I know I need to still maintain this lifestyle because uh, the other side of it is just not pretty. And, I, and I, that's I, the recovery that's ongoing is the journey of continual healing. Right. Continual growth, continual, which I watched, I've watched in Sarah, I've completely watched that. And you've watched that in you, Blake too. I've watched, you know, that in both of you. It's beautiful to watch. Thank you. So Sarah, there, the last piece is, I'm curious what, um, in your eyes, like, so the last piece that we try to ask everyone and all of our guests is, what are you doing today to, to give back and to use your story to help others? So, you know, recovery related and then, you know, just life related, I feel like is too separate because I feel like I help not just in you know that area but um you know where I'm at so all right so in my you know recovery from substance um I definitely give back in any way that I can possibly not just you know work is you know amazing and you know I can help people that are suffering um but also just trying to be how do I describe it um available, um, to, you know, a lot of actually all my friends, I have to say are, um, in recovery. So being available for all my friends, um, you know, being available, if there's anybody that's struggling, um, you know, even just like mentally or going through something, um, I haven't been able to get to, you know, as many meetings that, like I said, um, since I had Bryce, so I haven't been able to connect, you know, necessarily with that that newcomer. Um, but I just try to put myself out there as much as possible. Um, and then on the side of, you know, my struggles that I had recently with, you know, Bryce and, you know, his allergies and all that stuff is helping moms that are currently going through it. So I'm really big on, um, Facebook with like all the, it's called cow milk protein allergy. Um, so I, I'm in all those groups and, um, you know, giving advice to them support. I have a friend, I've never even met her in Canada and we just like support each other with what we're going through. Um, you know, and where she's at. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, that's kind of been my, you know, my second focus obviously is helping, moms that are currently going through it. Cause I had never even knew that that was like a thing and how tough mm-hmm. it is, um, going through it. So I try to, 
And that's why I said, not just in, you know, sobriety, I feel like anything that's like a tough situation that I've been through, like I'm able to help someone through that, um, you know, whether that's it's traumatic or whatever. Um, and that's why I like to put myself out there as much as possible. Awesome. Yeah. You do amazing. It is yeah. interesting that you learned the things you learned as a, as a mom, like, oh, I didn't know that existed. I didn't know that was, and then there's a whole support page for it. Right. And how cool oh my God. is that? Yeah. You, that what you've gone through, you know, as a mom and the struggles you're, you're going through with, you know, the challenges with, with Bryce's, you know, health and things like that, with the things that you can, you know, now walk other moms through that. That's beautiful that you're doing that. Yeah. So it's just like a different aspect. You know, I came to the realization that like you can help anybody and everybody's going through something, you know, and if it's something that you've went through that you can help someone else, um, you know, I try to do it, you know, if, if it comes to me or, you know, even just reaching out to someone to help them. Isn't it cool how much like it, I guess this is something I didn't know early on in my recovery and this is recovery from anything. It felt very all consuming my recovery that life was all about substance use and about helping other people with, with this issue. And especially working in this field, it was very consuming. And the reality is, is as time has gone on and I've developed in my recovery. It's, it's not about that. Life gives me, recovery gives me a life outside of this world that I can contribute to, that I'm, a, like you said before, a, a functioning member of society. And it's not always just about the addiction. We can still help other people outside of that realm and outside of the realm that we, we've gone through ourselves. We can just be of service and it makes us feel good. Yeah, I think that even just being that like listening ear is, you know, uh, important, just making someone feel like they're even if you don't have any advice for them, or the advice you've given hasn't worked for their situation, just being that person that's like coming from an understanding, caring, you know, I, I feel like is important, you feel heard, you feel appreciated, and that you're not alone. And I think that's my whole thing is just making sure people aren't alone in whatever they're going through. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's what I always like. You're not alone. That's, that is such a powerful thing. How often do you feel so alone when you're going through something? That's the most yeah. powerful like thing is to n- remind people that they're not alone and remind ourselves that we're not alone. Yeah. So I always try to come from like a, you know, just to show people, even if it's first impression that like, I'm not a judgmental person and, you know, whatever they're going through, you know, if I can help or, you know, show them someone that has been through it. Like I'm there for them, you know, um, you know, I can't be judgmental, you know, I'd be judgmental on myself before anybody else, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the good point. Selves. We got to be gentle with ourselves as we are with others. Absolutely. Agreed. So Sarah, thank you for, for coming on and joining us. And I, I, I appreciate your story and your perspective. We do have one last segment that honestly, Amanda, I forgot what it was called. I just remembered now, but it's been a year <laughs> since we've done this last little segment piece. So I forgot what it was called, but it's called a let it out where basically the idea is. Let that- it out. Let it out. Oh, let it out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we've designed a theme song in the last year. I like it. Feeling it. So the idea, Sarah, is that we all have a chance to let something out that's bothering us today, that we, we face these massive adversities in our lives. But the truth is, is the more difficult stuff is the day-to-day adversity that builds up over time. So 
I want to know what is it that you want to let out today? What is bothering you today that you just want to get off your chest? Because a problem shared is a problem cut in half. Oh gosh, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right. I mean, immediately, honestly. Yeah, first I, thing that comes to mind, go with that. Okay, I just hope that it's the right answer. Here's me overanalyzing everything. Is no right I am, I feel like drowning in bills currently. Um, so I don't know if that's one, um, you know, just constantly worrying about making sure all my bills are paid and, you know, not everything's late, you know, not ruining my credit and all those type of things. So that's where I'm at today. I don't know if that's the correct answer. Yeah, there's, there's no right and wrong for sure. Okay. Um, it's something that's heavy or annoying or like, you know, for me, I'll give you like, I'll give you mine. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just because like the prime of COVID is over, keep your sick selves and your sick kids home. Like if you're sick, don't go out just because you don't have COVID because I know, like I noticed, you know, the last few weeks, like I saw my daughter just got the flu from someone at camp. And she told me there was like all these kids at camp, super sick. Like mm. if you're sick and you don't, and it's not COVID, if you have flu or whatever, keep your sick self home, <laughs> keep your <laughs> sick kids home. That's what's annoying me today. That's on my, on my last nerve. I'm letting that out. <laughs> For me, there's a lot of stuff that should bother me right now, but I'm feeling very unbothered by life. So I guess that's a good, that's a good uh, picture of where I'm at at the moment, but I, I think the one thing that I would say, and I, I have to caveat this because I don't want to sound pretentious at all. I've been working with a personal trainer, okay, for a little over almost a year and a half now, but not because um, I needed to or not, not because I wanted to or I'm like so rich, I didn't want to spend money and have a personal trainer. I had injuries. <laughs> so just a caveat, I had injuries that need to be dealt with and it took a long time to overcome. I am now right. weaning off of a trainer and able to go to the gym by myself. And I just, the only thing that I would say today was my first day back at like a public LA fitness gym um, oh and outside of a training gym. And it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot. There's the, a lot of noise and terrible form and weird conversations and so many people overcrowding <laughs> areas. Um, that it's going to take some re-getting used to because it's been a, it's been a couple of years since I've been in a gym like this. So that's yeah, like, that's sort of all that's where I'm, I'm at. It yeah. Interesting experience I had today. The gym funk is real. Oh, it's real. <laughs> that's what I'm going to call your, your comment, Blake. Yeah. There's just okay, a so, lot of people that are like, I so do you have a better idea now, Sarah? A hundred percent. Yes. It's not about girls. Right. You're going to laugh, but this is really irritating me. People that don't pick up their dog poop because oh I stepped God. in it. That's a thing. <laughs> oh. Especially where I live, no one picks up their dog poop. And someone left a huge dog poop right outside my house yesterday. And I'm like very upset about it. Like, you know, do I go knock on someone's door and like tell them to pick it up? I just poop police. See it the poop police. I feel like I'm the poop police. I just don't understand. Like if you have that dog and you know they poop and it's your responsibility and they, they supply you where I live with bags, you know, like, it's not totally. like you have to pay exactly. for the bags. Lazy. Really, so that's my annoyance. And I was, as you were oh. talking, I was like, I was thinking about it and I was actually getting mad. <laughs> Just pick up your poop. You know, I was going to call this mood. episode, Sarah, the poop police. That's what this episode is going to be. The poop police. How do you like my apples? <laughs> I was in a good no. mood until you shared that. And now I'm in a bad mood. 
that it's so <laughs> annoying to see people like there the other day I took Booney for a walk and in front of the stand that has the bags, maybe two feet over was a giant poop. Oh, God. The bags are right there. Yeah. It's just, it's just so, lazy. It's just lazy and insensitive and uh, only caring about themselves. Selfish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's my annoyance. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you again for sharing. Thank you so much. Um, everybody who's listening, please take an opportunity. If you are listening to this on Apple, Spotify, Amazon podcast, wherever you're listening to uh, ellipses podcast, please do us Ooh. a favor. Ellipses. What's that? Oh, I don't know what that is. It's an awesome podcast platform that transcribes everything that we're saying automatically. So you can read oh. this podcast at the same time. So cool. See, yeah. I need Blake to keep me up with the times here. You know? awesome. Keep old granny up with the times, you know, back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. AM FM radio. Excuse me, Shani. You got the CD, the cassette tape? I remember when the radios went blank at 10 p.m. There was no shows after 10 p.m. Oh, goodness. And definitely check Blake and I out um, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Amanda Marino, Blake Cohen. Check out Next Level Recovery Associates on all social medias. And check out Sarah. Sarah, what's your uh, Instagram? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, uh, you know what? Uh, it's like Sarah exaggerated Ellen. Um, but I, you know, uh, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, on LinkedIn, it's Sarah Frias. <laughs> okay, well, we will tag you in it. How about that? Okay. All right. That sounds awesome. Good. All right. Perfect. What I was going to say, by the way, on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, please leave us a review if you enjoy this. Uh, only if you enjoy it, though. If you don't enjoy it, uh, write a letter. We're good. To, um, <laughs> yeah, we're good. Don't worry about it. Write a letter to the White House and complain. <laughs> If you don't like it, we're good. We don't need your comment. But if you love it, definitely give a five star and a great review. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. So we are done recording. Good job, Sarah. Thank yeah, you. Okay. How was your Bye. first podcast experience? It wasn't bad. I, I actually felt pretty good about it. I, I swear it's because the video is not on. If the video is on, I'm like focused on myself, you know? Yeah, no, it was, you did great. You were a champ, like you're a professional. Thanks, yeah, I sure. appreciate it. And that I didn't hear nice. any baby. Where was the baby? He's downstairs with Johnny. Oh, I didn't hear him at all. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, he's usually, when I have to do things, I usually just go upstairs and I'll put him in the jumper because I don't like mm -hmm. to have like any baby not like people are understanding and a lot of times you know if you know I talk to them a couple times say hey I have a baby just in case but I don't I, I try to keep him downstairs just because you know how loud he is yeah he's a loud one he's a cutie all right Scarlett finally woke up I'm gonna go check oh, good. Her and... okay bye guys all right see ya bye I want to break free 